Welcome to another edition of the Columbia University Sports Podcast, The Cusp Show, where we talk about the business of sports and media, a little bit of entertainment. I'm Joe Favorito. Tech. tech. I forgot tech. Yeah, that's right. I'm tech. Joe Favorito with my co-host, Tom Richardson. Tom, welcome back. What's up, Joe? How uh, are you? I want to ex- excuse my bad voice. I'm, I'm on the uh, You sound a little like Deborah Winger. Of today, so. <laughs> <laughs> Deborah Winger? Okay, wow. There's a reference so, yeah. that maybe a lot of young people won't get. I guess probably won't, but that's okay. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, so I apologize for the uh, quality of the voice, but I'm mm-hmm. uh, just coming off of a pretty nasty cold. Yep. So Tom, we have, we've had... Um, heads of team, leagues, companies. One thing we've never had until today is a relative, and not a relative of mine, but a relative of yours. And by the way, there is a spoiler alert at the end of this. Everybody must listen in for the little thing we're going to throw out at the end of this podcast. So, yes, Tom, who's our guest today? a good incentive. Um, well, we, I've been talking to our guest about this now for quite some time, so we're glad it finally worked out. Uh, for those of you who follow sports media uh, in the – kind of digital age, particularly the NBA, you, you may be familiar with a little uh, business called Coops Nation, um, which started a few years ago and has become a pretty big deal in the world of NBA media. Uh, and I, as an NBA fan, uh, I'm, I'm aware of it. I'm a fan of it. Uh, but it was started by my nephew, Buster Shear. And uh, Buster, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. This is going to be fun. Um, yeah, so I'll just say one more thing, and that is... Um, I've had the privilege of watching Buster start and, and build his uh, a young but very successful career over the last few years, obviously through the family connection, uh, got to see how he got into the stuff in high school and, and did a lot. It was hustling his ass off to, to do stuff on the broadcasting and media and digital side and built that into uh, some, some live Facebook work and YouTube videos and podcasting. It's been, a, it's been a quite a thing to behold. And I got to meet Buster one day. I was teaching at the school of the New York Times, and Tom said to me, "My nephew's in your class." And sure enough, that was two years oh, that's ago. Right. And that's right. That's where I met Buster I for the first time. So when my sister-in-law said, yeah. "I think you might know the guy Buster's taking yeah. your class with us," I, yeah, <laughs> I kind of know. I kind of know. So anyway, so yeah. Buster, why don't you kind of walk us through for the people who don't know what Hoops Nation is and how it came about? Yeah. So Hoops Nation is kind of my ideal version of what a basketball outlet is. Because, you know, as most outlet, outlets come about or exist now and to most have existed forever, you know, they're started on one platform, you know, ended up transferring to from Facebook to Snapchat to Instagram to TV, back from writing and all this stuff. Whereas I wanted a digital first basketball outlet, not by a 30 or 40 year old executive, but by an 18 year old for my core demographic and the core demographic of really every social media sports outlet which is that 13 to 24 year old and you know being right uh you know being uh, somewhere around that you know i i am able to have a fun interaction and create this this platform to where i think people you know in that demographic would really enjoy and by that demographic for it and where do you get the tell us a little bit about the content where it came from and where it started from, how you started it. Yeah. Because uh, it's a really interesting story that we've talked about, about your interest in radio when you were in high school. Mm, right, and so, broadcasting. And broadcasting. Yeah. And also, by the way, as part of that answer, maybe throw in the influence that I, th- I think existed with House of Highlights. Yep. Um, I think that's fair to say. Not, maybe not. Not, not, not from the beginning. Okay, so, I, right, so back up then. So I started out on Facebook writing about fantasy basketball because I saw the mass attention on fantasy football, but that, that just didn't exist for fantasy basketball. So I thought, why not, you know, take a shot at this and start blogging about fantasy basketball back then on Facebook. And I did that, you know, through that. And nobody really cared. What name were you, just your own it's name? It's called Fantasy Basketball Community. That oh, was, I don't even remember that. That. Was, okay. that was the name of the page. It is what it is. Um, <laughs> you know, nobody really paid attention to it, but I enjoyed it and probably got like a thousand followers on it. And through that, decided, you know, hey, what if I expanded this to something outside of fantasy basketball? So I started this thing called All NBA All Day. That's right. Um, and then started learning how to video edit and photo edit and this same kind of written content, but about just basketball in general, not just limited to fantasy basketball. And through that, you know, started learning some of these algorithmic tactics like sharing into Facebook groups and connecting with other people that run similar accounts and around the same time live streaming and then mm. starting to live stream on other accounts so all of that uh you know started to to build up and lead up to 
very base level understanding of what Facebook was and the NBA community on Facebook was. Uh, so, you know, continued doing that. And at about the same time, I started doing these radio broadcasts when my family moved from New York to Connecticut. The high school I went to has an outstanding radio program. What high school was that? Staples High School. There you go. Um, in, in Westport, Connecticut. They have an outstanding radio program, and I had always wanted to be a radio broadcaster, so it was the easiest decision I, I made. Um, you know, fortunately, I, 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 that decision was made even easier when I didn't make the JV basketball team my sophomore <laughs> year. Um, Those who can't teach, right? So, so, you know, I'm glad I wasn't coming off the bench, you know, mm -hmm. playing two minutes a game and instead broadcasting every game That's right. Uh, for all these different sports. So through that, kind of got a little bit better of a knack for broadcasting and then took that over to the Facebook platform where Facebook Live had launched in foreign countries actually, not in the United States. So I created accounts that said I was from those countries to be able to use the feature before any <laughs> network. What was your favorite um, country that you were from at that point? I think Australia was oh, the big that's one. Not bad. That was oh. one of the first. You I was English. Yeah. I was <laughs> it's true. I'm Buster and I'm from Bulgaria. It doesn't really flow for some yeah. reason. First time, um, long time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I started doing that live streaming and all these other bigger pages, 200,000, 500,000 followers started seeing them. You're the only person doing this. Can you come wow. do it on our pages? Like, we'll pay you. And I'm not really interested in getting paid for it. I'd much rather do it and be able to self-promote myself like crazy. So at the beginning, at the end, throughout the entire thing, I'm just promoting what was then the beginning of Hoops Nation and all NBA all day. Um, you know, saying to go follow, I'm going to be live streaming there right after this. And I'd go from one page to another, to another, to another, essentially siphoning this entire Facebook community back to my page and outlet. And then that started bringing in, you know, enough of an audience to where when I created a viral video edit, which back then essentially just meant ripping a basketball highlight off YouTube and putting a dope song over the top and then like cutting a few slices in and it. And the highlights were footage of NBA games, correct? High school NBA, okay. like fan on just like a random court mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere crossing up like a police officer, like whatever it is. Mm -hmm. it's but they weren't different. necessarily official highlights from the league. No. Right. Not, to be clear. No. no. Yeah. Um, but then you put a, music, a song on top of it. Let's say uh, a cop crossed over a, a kid and you put a, a sweet uh, beat on that that drops the second the person falls on the ground, upload it out, send it to all the Facebook groups, share it on all these other pages I had access to because of the live streaming. That was also part of the deals that I could share my own page onto those. Um, and the share feature on Facebook is still all time. But, um, you know, those would then end up getting a couple million views. And that's why. I'm, which is incredible which when you think about it. Is so, so, so what's interesting? The, the timeline. So, so from yeah. when you came up with the idea, you get to Staples High School, mm -hmm. you're doing this, to when you got to those couple million views, was that a couple of months? A couple of years. A couple of years. Because okay. yeah. I started it uh, when I was probably beginning of freshman year of high school, mm -hmm. back when I was in Brooklyn, and then just kept doing it throughout all that time. Right. and didn't really tell anybody about it, just I did it for fun. And it's not like I'm bragging about having 200 followers and like blogging about fantasy basketball. <laughs> I guess not the biggest flex in the world. Um, but, uh, I just kept doing it and this radio broadcasting helped. And then that, all that live streaming stuff started to get the attention of a few different media outlets, which then set me in a totally different direction. But, um, but all, all that kind of came about and then all NBL day, I wanted to make that more official, uh, and didn't have the name NBA in it. So Hoops Nation. But were you aware at that time of House of Highlights no. and Whistle Sports, like Dude nope. Perfect, things like that? I was aware of Dude Perfect because okay. they've, for the longest time, been the number one basketball right. Right. Even before, channel. Even before Whistle, Whistle Sports. Way yeah. before. Yeah, they were, yeah. Um, they were a YouTube channel. Yep. Yeah. Right. yeah. They, right. they, they still do some of those most crazy numbers and trick yep. shots, for that right. matter, on, on the right. platform and across all, all but... Um, so I was aware of them. Right. I had no idea what House of Highlights was. I wasn't on Instagram. Okay. Oh, that's right. Personally, that's right. I wasn't even on Instagram. Even when I had half a million right. on Facebook, I didn't. I didn't like Instagram. Yeah. I, I didn't see the future. I didn't see the potential in it. And then one day I saw it. <laughs> one day I saw it, and then I jumped over yeah. immediately. That was, it's um, good vision. Right. But uh, and that was that was in the end of 2017. Right. That's mm -hmm. when I saw. That's when I was like, oh, Instagram. And right. I, I jumped over to Snapchat before that. And I was going to ask you that next. Seventy-five thousand person per story Snapchat, um, and then I saw it on Instagram. I had a meeting with 
the guy that was at the time running Gary V Social was one of my best friends. What's his name? Elliot Robinson. Okay. And Shout was, out for Elliot. And he was just telling me, man, you got to be on Instagram. And I was telling him, you got to be on Facebook. I was like, I'm getting 25 million views a video. It's ridiculous. And they're going to add, you know, pre-roll and mid-roll soon. Like, you got to hop on Facebook. I'll help you if you help me. So we did. And, uh, you know, approaching a million followers a little while later. But um, it's uh, it, it was something that I'm glad I saw. And, yeah. Uh, but it sounds like with each of these new platforms, like mm -hmm. a lot of... Uh, dare I say Gen Z yeah there's just kind of this intuitive understanding and um, almost like this um, really amazing operational sense of how you actually can exploit and I mean that in a positive way this platform mm -hmm. because when we saw it and we'll talk about this in a minute like what Zach did with overtime yeah. uh, what Omar did with House of Highlights mm -hmm. and there's plenty of other examples yeah. but it's almost as though the established media companies didn't have that formula. Well, and, you know, and, and, I, you and I have talked about this many times, Joe. And the latency that they have because they're tied to a traditional model. But the question I had is, was all this self-taught? Like, how did you know intuitively, this is what I need to do, I need to share here? Did you go to a YouTube video? Did you talk to somebody? Or was it just the self-learning? And, and, you know, and Tom and I have always been very impressed with your hustle, with the hustle of just trying to figure it out on your own. Yes, I think, you know, a lot of that and those two examples you just gave relate back to the reason why I started it and wanted it to be the way it is in the first place, um, because it's this ideal outlet for the demographic that I am. And I think the reason that it works is because it is intuitive. Right. Um, you know, not every... You can't explain it. I mean, not, you, not, you see something and you know that that's what your group wants, correct? Pretty yeah, much? for sure. Yeah. And I, I think that happens over time. Like, if I post, I think I posted 20,000 times on Instagram, mm -hmm. so... After ten thousand posts, you right. know what's going to do well and what isn't. When right. you go back and look at the analytics at the end of every day mm -hmm. on each individual post, and you read all the comments, and you see the feedback, and you see what performs on other people's pages, and then you know, obviously, the second I jumped on Instagram, I then became very familiar with the house of highlights of the world and all mm -hmm. all of these. Um, but I think for the most part, it is intuitive, and that's why all these new emerging outlets are. are on top of it in a way that is very difficult for other people to do because what people on Instagram and social media have done is they created um, no delay in anything. And if, if you're, if you're, if, if something crazy happens, let's say in, in last, this, so what just happened, I don't want to say last night, but it was last night, Kevin Durant hurts his leg in a game. Yeah. Huge story. Let's so, say Kevin Durant yeah. hurts his leg right, in a game. Right. Uh, you know, hoping it's a minor cast. Did they announce but, it? Yeah. So it's a, it's a calf strain, not an Achilles yeah. injury. Okay. Um, but there, Steph Curry can score seventy points the next game. But that's yeah. Let's not go off. We'll go ahead, keep going. So, so if I post about it ten minutes after it happens, I'm late. Wow, I'm late. I missed it. Yeah. If I post it five minutes after, I'm like, I'm pretty late. <laughs> if I post it anything less than within sixty seconds, and this is a fully edited photo with a caption on all platforms, I'm late. And you're doing it by yourself, just by kind of picking it off when you know what that moment is. When I see those things on, on Hoops Nation, it's me. Mm -hmm. But then like the video edits and stuff that isn't, you know, to a specific point or time, mm -hmm. like a compilation of funny NBA moments or like missed handshakes or mm -hmm. like whatever any clip may be, DeAndre Jordan's best poster dunks, you know? Um, that's all, all edited by somebody else and right. then they just send it to me and I post it but the on the spot stuff is still all take us through that actual process so you're watching the game mm -hmm. presumably because yeah. you need to know when the, yeah. <laughs> the stuff's happening yeah. something dramatic or important happens yeah. you have that one minute of opportunity yeah. what, what are you doing first because so, you got, obviously have to process the moment as a media creator quite yeah. rapidly so it really depends on what it is um you know, if it's if it's something sad like an injury, then you probably go to Google and find a straight photo of Kevin Durant on a court, or you or you go to one of the media accounts or photographers from those games, and then you find something really quick from that. And that, it's free. That, You're finding free content, correct? Exactly. Right. And then tagging whomever photographer created that you right. already have a relationship with and have done right. this in the past, right. um, and then getting that up. Uh, you know, if it's if it's and you're working off of a dashboard, by the way, 
Like what? What's your kind of all, tool? All, it's it's all You're off in, of my. Phone. You just got a blank look, Tom. That I was one of the. <laughs> well, no, I mean, are you just working within each specific platform, right. as opposed yeah. to a, as opposed to some sort of tool that it's organizes a dashboard? Right. 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 Yeah, it's it's each individual because every right. every piece of content has to be optimized for each right. platform. So there, really therein really... lies one difference with major companies that typically yeah. work off of, uh, off yep. of dashboards. Mm -hmm. And and I would you know so just, an interesting. But it's worthwhile mentioning that, and Buster knows this is. Every platform, if you're doing any kind of video, it looks totally different. So if you have a phone that's looking at a mm -hmm. Facebook page, you need another phone or some kind of adapter yeah. to make sure that it looks right on all the platforms right. or it's lost. Anyway, back to your yeah, answer. So, so you find the photo. And, and also one thing I think is worth mentioning too that people don't, and often even huge YouTube creators don't realize is 70% of the people that watch YouTube videos are watching on their mobile phone. Yes. People create it, edit it on computers. Right. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And I was talking with a YouTube buddy of mine the other day, and he's like, yeah, I'm optimizing all my content for the iPhone now. Because that's where everybody watches everything. He said 85% mm -hmm. of his ad revenue is coming from mobile. Yeah. So actually even using vertical video more too, right? Yeah, people still don't. It's like the people, vertical TVs they're talking about. Yeah, people still don't love it, although Instagram TV, yeah. and we'll talk about that in a little mm -hmm. bit. But mm -hmm. for, for the individual posts and stuff like that, yeah, you go for something as fast as possible. Let's say Kevin Durant decides to come to the New York Knicks. I already have memes ready. Right. Like, so you're anticipating Kyrie leaves, Kevin Durant leaves. I don't think Kyrie comes to the Knicks though, but right. Kevin's coming to the Knicks. Like okay. I've heard from. Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, not to break any news here, but yeah, that's everybody. Even yeah. with this bum calf. We'll see. But but anyway, so yeah. but you're always thinking. I mean, again, you talk about you do all these things, and but you are thinking ahead of like something that can happen. So. Bucks make it to the finals. There's some kind of meme that you've already created for Giannis playing in the finals. Or I already have the 15 hilarious Giannis memes right. from the last three right. years, right. and you just reprint it all. Right. It's all yeah. about right. optimizing it to the time, mm. to like the minute. Because right. you can, if I posted a, a, and I remember back on Facebook when Kevin Durant decided to go to the Warriors, already like 5,000 likes in like 20 seconds. Because yeah. everybody, it was at the top of everybody's feed, and everybody was thinking about that. Right. If you're, you're just ahead of them, Mark. if you're Correct. able, yeah. if, if you're able to post, to the, if you're able to post the thing that everybody's thinking about, and you're the only person doing it, everybody's, yeah, yep. There, That's there's, why there's even, a piece of gold. Even yeah. on Hoops yeah. Nation, when Tiger Woods won the tournament, I threw up a photo of Tiger and Michael Jordan. Mm. It performed amazing because <laughs> yeah. right. everybody's thinking about it. Um, you're doing all this on what? Is it on a laptop? Is it on, it's on your mobile. phone? It's on your yeah. mobile. So, so even the creation. Video editing yeah. is on is on my laptop right. and or uh, tower, but um, occasionally, like certain song edits or video edits, will be done on mobile apps. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, what's your assessment of the different platforms this year and as we look to twenty twenty? Since we're almost yeah. halfway through and, this and, year, and by the way, also throwing in ones that people may not know about, things that you yeah, that like TikTok, TikTok and TikTok. things like that. Yeah, it's like the most exciting platform here right now, and you guys. Both might both be surprised by this. I think LinkedIn is the most exciting platform. That's really interesting right you say that. You're the yeah. second person today to say that to really? me. Really? Okay. Tell us I'll why tell you the other one was later. Because they're pushing all content for free in ways that no other platform has done since Facebook's early days. Hmm. So essentially, even oh, with the age difference, though, you think even, because I it's do. a much older platform, right? And what I think, think it's going to get younger because all the kids out of high school and college are jumping now, on because they're telling they see it. Their LinkedIn page. Oh, exactly. Interesting. I think so. I know that a like on LinkedIn is equivalent to a share on Facebook. Wow! Why do you say I'm that? doing a lot better than I thought I was? Because wow. it because it appears on your main feed, okay. and it comes up. Tom Richardson liked this photo of Buster right, right. Share, okay. and now my post appears on your feed Got to it. all of your okay. friends. And by the way, for LinkedIn, if someone likes you, the user interface is okay. so much easier. Right. right. Go ahead. So, so what you're saying, just to be clear, yeah. Because this is a really interesting point. Yep. I didn't. I didn't think you were going to say LinkedIn. So yeah. this is fascinating yeah. to me. Is that at least for right now? Yeah. They haven't created a pay-to-play uh -huh. promotional environment that like Facebook so has created. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So in other words, you, your organic reach is truly your follower base. Exactly. Which is not true on Facebook. It's better than your follower base because right. it's your second and third degree. Right. Well, that's right. Right. Base. Yeah. Which no other platform is. Yeah, that's unless, a really good point. Unless you can really hack Instagram and get people posting on their stories, which I try to do a lot. All right, Joe, we gotta get off Twitter. More um, time I, on LinkedIn. I have I more, follow, LinkedIn I have more, more followers on LinkedIn. I have almost hundred thousand followers on LinkedIn. What? So, 
Wow. If you want all the platforms. You gotta you gotta get so, these uh, basketball stories up faster. Now you're gonna start following Buster. Man, so. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I, so LinkedIn. So I think LinkedIn and, and YouTube is by far still the best because yeah. YouTube is the only platform where like let's put it this way. If you have a million followers on Instagram and you promote your YouTube, this one better do that well. Like you might get a couple thousands for even if you have a million active followers on Instagram, you'll probably get a couple thousand YouTube subscribers. Mm-hmm. If you promote your if you have a million followers on Twitter, you promote your YouTube, it's not going to do that well. If you have a million on LinkedIn, even, YouTube's not going to do that well. But if you have a million on YouTube and you promote your Instagram, blows up. Because of, the, or because of the relationship that subscribers have with a YouTube creator, and also on average, people follow and subscribe to far fewer people on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Like I follow like 650 people on Instagram. I subscribe to like 150 people. And yeah, and I don't think lot. most people subscribe to even nearly that many and on that's YouTube. A lot. Yeah, so the right. relationship people have with that's those, with those followers is much greater. And if you're thinking about like, let's say I post a video of myself once a week or five times a week, whatever it is on Instagram, <laughs> that's maximum 60 seconds of length, apart from like live streaming and all that. That's a you know a very limited thing that that somebody's gonna see, and then on their feed, there's no way they're gonna be two posts in a row of me. That'll never happen. Instagram's mm-hmm. algorithm won't allow that. Right. YouTube, it's a five minute video of you, and then the next video is also of you, right. and the next video is also right. of you, right. and then right. they go back to the video of you two years ago, and then they go back to the video of you tomorrow. Okay. So because of the relationship people have with these YouTube creators, when they promote their Instagram, so like you will not find a YouTuber that doesn't have a popping Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat presence, but you can find a thousand Instagram influencers and whomever that don't have any YouTube presence. Wow. Mm-hmm. All right, so beyond LinkedIn, what about some of the others? Like, are you doing anything with TikTok or do you want to do something with TikTok? <laughs> I Since am not. News every he's, day? T- he's too mature for TikTok. I'm not <laughs> personally creating, you know, any videos on TikTok, but I, have sp- I, I do a little bit of campaign work with music labels, so obviously I'm very aware of a, a bunch of the creators on TikTok right. and have purchased ads on TikTok. I'm in it, but right. I'm not personally right. creating content for the basketball fan on TikTok. I mean, is there a sports thing going on TikTok yeah, yet? Because I, I, I know Bayern Munich was just, yeah. uh, our friends there were talking about how it seems to be working pretty well for them mm-hmm. for, their, for their efforts against that uh, teen crowd. Yeah, team, I, have a, I have a buddy that um, is a soccer influencer that has a following on TikTok doing like freestyle juggling. Uh, his name's Daniel. Daniel got hits. And, um, you know, so there is that. But I, I think at the same time, like if I were to go on this platform, like you should be authentic to yourself. So right. if I were to go on this platform and start creating videos, it would come across extremely inauthentic, which is why I think like a lot of entrepreneurs mess up. Yeah. Is because they just do it because everybody cares about it. If it's not authentic, you don't do it. Yeah, right. Like I like I don't see Joe making TikTok videos. <laughs> I'd go to jail, I think. <laughs> really? Or at least be investigated. Yeah, yeah my kids would really be impressed by yeah. that. So but I'm like he's gonna be authentic to himself and post on right. LinkedIn and Twitter. Right. Yeah. And right. then when the platforms are doing really well like LinkedIn right now, it's gonna do extremely well for yeah. him. It's yeah. all about the combination of being authentic to yourself and then being fortunate with the platform and also like somewhat hedging towards the platforms that are performing better rather than completely taking a left turn at something that makes no sense for the right. audience. So what about Snap? I love Snapchat. It's not the same as it used to be. No. Okay. And Facebook? Facebook, well, Facebook is pay-to-play. Yeah. 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 But, but wait, but let's go back to the whole idea that there's some level of convergence in terms of functionality across some of these platforms. So the yeah. idea of Instagram stories mimicking or copying actually snap, snaps and things like that. I mean, are you, are you seeing um, the stories option as a better option now than a couple of years ago because it's popularity? Yeah, I mean, Instagram created a better Snapchat within Instagram. That's what they did. And that's why Snapchat isn't what it used to be. And that's why Instagram is the number one platform if you ask anybody you know, seven to thirty. Yeah. But so, so tell us how you would use Instagram stories compared to let's say call it a regular post. 
Yeah, so Instagram stories is documenting your day. Yeah. You know, for so give some examples of stuff you've done recently that would be interesting. Go to my story for the last 48 hours. I'll pull it up right now. <laughs> okay. And I'll walk you in, through it. In traffic in a, <laughs> on the way to Columbia. Trying to get to this yeah, damn so podcast. I got, I, got, I got here like 30 minutes late. Look, it's not used to coming to the Upper West Side. I yeah. made a poor decision to hop in a car because I was at the I was at One World Trade just now. Okay. Yeah, boy. Talk about, talk about a ride. Um, <laughs> I did it on the subway, by the way, 15 minutes, but that's a different story. Yeah. So. But no, but yeah, in other I'm not words, wise like that just yet. But you're, it's typically more uh, self uh, descriptive in terms of what you're doing. Like you're, you're personal kind of, storytelling. Personal personal storytelling is the best way to say it, probably, mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to tell one of your basketball stories or one of the basketball yeah. stories in a different way. In other words, it's got to be more personalized. Right. Yeah, so like the last week, I'm just going to walk through my past Instagram stories real quick, looking through the archive feature. Um, So I posted a photo of uh, throwing a rock in Connecticut, then an advertisement for a documentary Whistle Sports did on me, all the way to somebody reposting an actual feed post that I did, which I do a lot. Mm -hmm. So like I posted, so I'm doing this fake campaign for president. It's not fake, but I made... uh, President of the United States. President of the United States, plus 2020. <laughs> uh, primary cam- campaign policy is to eliminate Mondays. Um, I should say you're not old enough, but it doesn't matter. So. <laughs> We're going to change that rule. But that's regardless, the thing. That's, that's besides... He's the fifth B. <laughs> right, exactly. Right? Yeah. That's, that's Biden, that's... Bernie, Beto. We should get that on Bush, t-shirt. Bush. And Buster. That's besides the, the point. Uh, so I posted this that's thing that, that was pretty timely as far as the... Uh, ref incidents in game one of yep. Houston Rockets Golden State Warriors. And I said, as president, I will personally volunteer to ref these important games facing our country. And then a ton of people reposted that on their stories. And I told them to tag me. So a bunch of people started tagging me after they did that. And I reposted all of them. So I reposted 15 different people on my mm-hmm. story that posted the photo, which then brought more Okay, so you can kind photo. of build off of a theme and let, yeah, see where it goes sure. and then just kind of keep going mm-hmm. with it. And then wow. this new podcast you that I'm... That? Sorry. Killing. A little bit, but not really. Yeah, okay. It's so, there, I just haven't yeah. focused on it, which I'm going to now. So this new podcast that I'm doing, which is like hosted out of Uninterrupted and whatnot, um, but it's independent, I will... So I block these. I block all my episodes weeks and weeks in advance before I upload them, but I'll promote each guest on my Instagram story and then repost whatever their stories or whomever the producers and videographers that are there, whatever they put on their story... Um, last week I judged the Tribeca Film Festival, so I judged the short film and uh, short documentaries uh, category, and so I, I was yeah. documenting a lot of that. I judged it with Aaron Rodgers and uh, what was he like? different producers. He's awesome. He's, he's my nice favorite guy. NFL player. He's, so. he's, he's the guy. coolest. Um, he's an investor in the brand that I have on, as a matter of fact. So he Talk was awesome, that. just mm-hmm. like spending the day with him and documenting a little bit of that. Uh, pulling up at a few of the premieres I presented at the award show. So documenting some of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in other words, you'll, you'll kind of be opportunistic <clears throat> vis-a-vis like what you're doing day to day. And if yeah. it, it makes sense to do a story, you'll just but it's also start. authentic. It's not like you're well, I'm just saying it's authentic, right. but it's also based on your actual activities. And right. it's not like you're saying you're going to stage something yeah. just to have a story. If I think somebody wants to see it, then I'll yeah. let them see That's that. That's a great point. Right. Great point. Um, right. So I will also, very much so showcase the brands that send me products because I want more brands to send me products. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for example, Spalding sent me a basketball with my name engraved onto the front oh, of that's it. That's funny. Um, so I reposted that on my story. I did my first class at Switch. They blessed me with it for free, so I posted that on my story. What is Switch? I don't even know. It's a workout class. You do 25 different... It's not an ad, uh, but you do 25 different stations, and it's like 60 seconds per station, and then okay. you switch over... Craziest where I was sore for like a week. Um, this buddy of mine who designs, uh, who did design a lot of Drake, the the artist, his merch. He made his own brand called New York Nick's Sad Face. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and then on the back, his name's Teflon Tommy. I love that. He's the man. But he, on the back, it says next year, and then in parentheses every year. Um, so if you were still doing that. PR for the next, what would you think of that? I, I get it and put it in my closet and <laughs> wouldn't bring it out to my tell Mr. Dolan. No, Mr. Dolan doesn't know about that one. Um, so I also promote all the shows that I do. So, for example, this show on the NBA Twitch channel where you have a different NBA player come through. Mm-hmm. I'll promote that with a swipe up link to the Twitch channel. Uh, I'll document something. I played tennis Monday morning, so I'll t- 
pop my iPhone up, and I don't even have a so video. So this is a, it seems like we'll a little bit of a Gary V influence on you. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I want to talk about because I don't want to lose. We we yeah. kind of buried the lead here, but tell us the business of Hoops Nation and what you're doing now. Like, what is a day like? Who do you work with? And how did it get to where it is right now in a really relatively short period of time? So. How many people work for you? Do you have an office? All that, that kind of yeah. stuff that people don't know. So like what I do on a day-to-day -day is like eight or nine different things at this point. Um, I, I guess it's best just... Is this all under the Hoops Nation pieces. umbrella? No, it's okay. not. Um, so under the Hoops Nation umbrella is the social media properties and the ad campaigns that follow um, and some of the different, like, different series that I'm working on under Hoops Nation. We have three video editors that are every single day. They're sending me four to five different videos, and then I pick and choose which ones to upload for Instagram TV, for Instagram stories, for feed posts, for ad campaigns for other pages, and you know for giveaways, whatever it may be. And then uh, that's Hoops Nation. Live streams, everything that mm -hmm. my personal brand's involvement, creating original content, watching the games, that's all Hoops Nation. Then on the Buster side, it's both original social media content for YouTube, Snapchat, Twitter, Facebook. Is on your personal uh, channels. Reddit, everything. On personal channels, at mm -hmm. Buster. Um, so that's all that. And then under that follows like these different campaigns and commercials. Like I recently did one for Nike for the Adapt sneaker. So like I did the Nike New York So it's commercial. an influencer business. Exactly. Mm -hmm. um, you know, working on a few different campaigns and stuff like that. What comes with that is speaking gigs, so doing much more speaking now both to agencies with players mm -hmm. and uh, you know, actual events themselves, so stuff like that. And then what you know, follows in suit with some of those things because of whom I know on the social media platforms and all the accounts that I know is the music involvement. So, so tell for, us about that. So for record labels such as like Atlantic Records and Def Jam and visionary they have new hip-hop artists that are dropping songs when their primary demographic is mine mm -hmm. and it's the social media meme page, <laughs> basketball page football baseball page on social media so i they know that i know what performs well and if i like the artist and they think it's a good fit then they'll lock a budget in where i can then go out take my fee off the top and then pay out all these different pages mm -hmm. um to get their that content that I have created up to promote the artist's new stuff. So like we've done Meek Mill and Drake and did Logic last weekend, so a lot of stuff like that. Wow. And how much cool. of the, the things that you get now, just in the short period that you've had this business, are things coming to you versus you having to go and find things? Yeah, so I'd say it really depends on what it is. So like for the podcast, for example, it's 100% me going out and finding things. You know, very fortunately, the NBA came to me, and you know, Nike came to me, mm -hmm. and you know, All Star Weekend and all that stuff came to me. But for the podcast, I had to go out and find a studio. I had to go out and find a videographer. I had to go out and find an mm -hmm. editor and a video audio engineer, and I had to go out and find all my guests. Like that is a hundred percent me. Right. Whereas these other deals, it's these companies coming to me, and like you mm -hmm. know, it's it, it's pretty cool now too. And I have somebody that negotiates all those deals for me. Um, which I'm super lucky about. Yeah. Kevin's awesome. Do you, you just one other question. Then. Yeah. Do you ever say no? And how do you decide what's time. yes and what's no? Uh, so I think there are a couple of factors, right? So like one, like the, the primary things that I consider when looking into something is both the overall organization. It's like NBA is a check. Nike mm -hmm. is a check. It's like some company might, like a gambling site might not be a check right. on that. Um, and the second is obviously like the financial aspects. Like if it's all right with those great companies and it's an easy yes, it has to be amazing for those less great companies for me to say yes. And the third is like how much do they need from me? What do they require? Do they want social right. clothes? Yeah, do they just want, do right. they want me to show up somewhere? Are they getting other celebrities involved? Is that going to make my brand look good? Or mm -hmm. they better really pay me well if it's not going to make my brand look good. And oftentimes I'll just say no regardless. Um, but yeah. So... Let's go back to, I, I'm just curious as we probably finish up in the last, what, like another five minutes or so, guys? Ten minutes? Yeah, ten minutes. Um, <clears throat> about the, the bigger context here. So mm. you're, you're discussing a world of media that is really, really different than what we call mainstream media, yeah. uh, MSM. Um, is there even any kind of appetite for younger people? And what I'd call the more mainstream media in terms of day-to-day -day consumption. So I mean, like, 
the ESPNs and the Fox Sports yeah. and things like that? Because you see, obviously, the success of Bleacher Report, the success of Barstool Sports, et cetera. And it seems like the ones that are getting left behind, at least with young people, are the, the mainstream sports media. What's your feeling about that? Yeah, so I think the second that they all realize that they need the people that the kids actually watch to be on the TV, like, if I'm on ESPN, everybody that knows who I am is going to watch. Mm-hmm. If Dude Perfect is on ESPN, they're all going to watch. They don't realize that. Right. The second mm-hmm. they do, people will watch. People right. just want to see who they like. Yeah. And, who they, and who they know. People don't like the anchors that are paid there to read off a teleprompter. They're not cool. Like, it's very straightforward. Yeah. You know? And that's why people don't like it. So I'll give you a really good example of that real quickly was when we had the International Fight League 10 years ago. Uh, it was right when the Ultimate Fire launched. And the UFC was working with Spike and they were really interested in you know, figuring this was going to be their, their golden parachute to kind of get everything started again. And what they found out was they went and built all these stars on their pay-per-view, but yet people were showing up to watch the Ultimate Fighter winners who had weren't, may, may not have been the best fighters, but they were by far the people that everybody watched and knew because they could relate to them. And that's how the Ultimate Fighter actually was the Trojan horse that led the UFC back to where they were, not the big stars that they were going to spend a lot of money on. It was really interesting to see, and it's the same example. So I also want to get your take on two major stories in the sports business that will be essentially different for young people, and that is uh, gambling and esports. They're two of the biggest things everybody's talking about right now. Give us your sense of the relative level of interest in sports betting, because there's a lot of big media companies that are assuming everybody wants to bet when they watch sports. So I want to get that perspective and also... What you think about the uh, the growing power and influence of esports? So I think I think first though, uh, the first time I ever did sports gambling was with you. That's right. Do you remember what happened? Yeah. This yeah. is great. You see, here's the corruption of Buster right yeah. now coming through. Well, it wasn't so. technically sports right. gambling. Right. It was in the ballpark. All right. Okay. You're talking things like Fanduel. You tell yeah, tell your version of the story. Uh, this may may or not have happened, by the way. So. I'm just I'm just a fan of basketball. You know, I love watching games. I know each player inside and out because of you know how I played fantasy basketball with friends. Oh, I know what you're going to tell um, me. Yeah. And I remember this now. Tom Tom just hands me his phone. He's like, "Give it a shot." So we do a little five dollar entry. Uh, I put in all the players, and we come in first place. So. <laughs> That's <laughs> that true was the first story. Time. I can vouch for that. That was the first yeah, time I was on I the FanDuel platform, relatively new at it, and when I realized how much knowledge of the NBA players Buster had, which <laughs> I wasn't, I don't think, fully aware of, um, I was thinking, yeah, I kind of know what's going on, but it, I, I came to the conclusion not nearly as much as him. Mm. So I handed him the phone, and, and we, we did win. Uh, I think <laughs> a few games in a row or a few days in a row or something Yeah, it like was that. funny. <laughs> um, but I'm a fan of it. You know, I work with a couple different, like, gambling-esque companies um, on promotion on social. You know, as long as I, I deem that the company is – there and they're not requiring any information up front and it's like a free contest i'm glad i'm more than happy to promote it but i don't promote anything where but what about just speaking on behalf of more of your generation like do you think there is a fundamental interest your friends what i'd call day-to-day sports betting like prop betting like i was talking to a company this morning that actually has literal pitch by pitch bet prop bets in Mm -hmm. baseball yeah, for example. So I think it won't last for people my age because they don't have that much money. Um, <laughs> okay. but that's I, a, that's I think, a good point. Good, I think, nice, simple I point. I think for that. older people, uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, older being 25, 26. Yeah, older being like 30s, 40s, 50s, so yeah. on. You know, tossing a couple dollars here and there because it's worth the entertainment value. Yeah. Yeah. Like, honestly, if, if something is worth, like, if betting on Conor McGregor over Floyd Mayweather at $100, even like 500 if whatever, if that's valuable enough, like, if that's valuable enough from an entertainment standpoint do it like if you lose you had like it made the watching and viewing experience more fun for you put it in the that's where i think that's where i think they win and that's why all those prop bets it's awesome i'm all for it Mm -hmm. i just don't think young people are gonna do it because once they lose like i I can't afford lunch (laughs) like what what do you do right you know yeah interesting ramen again (laughs) and then uh, on the um the esports and gaming side what do you think I think, you know, it's going to continue to take over. It's like, really? You know, the classic the classic argument as to, like, why would somebody watch people play football when you have a football in your house? Like, mm. it's the same exact thing. It's like, why would you watch somebody play video games when you play video games? 
Yeah. It's funny, a buddy of mine was telling me a story of him and his eight-year-old kid, and he asked his eight-year-old kid, he was like, why like, why are you watching when you can just be playing the game? And he's like, well, you, don't, you own a football, don't you? Good point. Good point. <laughs> so I think, you know, as people continue to accept that mm. and, you know, understand that, uh, I think more and more people are going to jump over to these, especially as the games get closer and closer to reality and indistinguishable. I, I think it, it's only going to become a bigger industry, especially as, you know, platforms like Twitch start allowing more and more people, making the barrier of entry easier and easier and cheaper and cheaper, and use of more streams. I, I saw um, the founder of Twitch, I was at TED conference, and he gave a speech um, on how broadcasting... Justin Kahn? Uh, not Justin. Okay. I'm, I forget his name, but okay. um, he came out and gave a speech on how for any given basketball or football game, when the rights are secured to football, they have been, um, for individual yeah. games, they can allow individual streamers right. to broadcast these games. I didn't games. know that the NFL has that now. I didn't think it was uh, wow yeah but and testing stuff out the, well they've experimented with it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah yeah they haven't it's not a, it's not but a uh, but allowing different broadcasters to do their own feed so you can yeah. now watch your favorite creator do it and I think that's only going to scale yeah up. I agree with that that's a yeah. big big and I'm shocked the colleges haven't jumped in that that pool yet which really surprises me but anyway right um but but wait but on the on the I just want to ask one more sure. question about uh, the Twitch thing um, so this idea of Kind of personalized broadcast. Do you think there's there's a concern in the sports industry about how Gen Z, young teens and early twenties, are not as interested in traditional sports? Whistle did a report this past fall that indicated that more than fifty percent of males eighteen to twenty one preferred non traditional sports, other than the big, you know, which mm-hmm. were the, like the big five: football, uh, basketball, baseball, hockey, and soccer. And that we have this this idea of interest in video gaming, kind of long tail. So it could be cornhole, it could be axe throwing, the kinds of things you yeah. see now uh, more, uh, yeah, it's like more YouTube, prominently. YouTube content. Like YouTube yeah. Yeah, kind of whistle, whistle kind of content. But um, do you think that the leagues, like the big leagues, should move more aggressively in like alternative production techniques to try to to, to kind of nip that in the bud? Because it just seems like there's a, they're at the risk of a lot of young people just not being as interested in the full games. Yeah, but, you know, when the Rockets are playing with Golden State Warriors, everybody's still going to tune in Yeah, because they're going to feel left out if they don't. You know, I think, I honestly think the gambling stuff that we were just talking about. NBA ratings are down, technically. NBA ratings are down. But it's never been more popular. That's kind of the conundrum. And the reason that is because people like myself are posting all the same stuff you watch on TV in different form. And I rest my case, Joe, Your Honor. So so you're willing to be a fan via highlights, gifts, and memes, not Mm -hmm. necessarily watching the game. For Mm -hmm. sure. Um, There you go. Mic drop for me. You just answered. Tom's leaving the room right really? now. Yeah, for sure. But at Seriously, same, I think that's the major problem in the business right at now. At the same time, though, I think it's just diversified the avenues of where people are getting mm-hmm. it. It mm-hmm. hasn't limited the live viewing experience. Mm-hmm. Because that same content that appears on the TV, hundreds of thousands of people are going to see on Reddit, hundreds of thousands of people are going to see on Twitch. So it's the same. It's right, the, but well, without live, something important, though, without those commercial pods... Yeah, without the mid-roll advertisements in it. But... Well, which is the enti- the engine that drives the entire business. That's that's what I'm suggesting is the problem. Apart here. from the live, like there are live game right. ads that broadcasters. Right, but when you're in a digital environment, you're not going to stick around for those two minutes and watch ads for two yeah, minutes. You're going to do something else. I think there's definitely a level of adaptation that has to happen. Right, I agree. Um, and I think most of that stuff should happen, should happen, uh, within the game. Within the game itself. Yeah. All so, right. Well, this like, is a good. This is a good topic. It's good to get the perspective yep, of a for sure a younger person. Um, the last question before we get to some of the other things, which I think we'll. Oh, we should wrap. Up, yep. Yeah. Um, Hoops Nation, obviously. Yeah. Other sports interests, the opportunity to grow. Do you want to talk about some of the quiet things that you're doing with other sports and people? Have, I, obviously, other other leagues have noticed what you've done with mm-hmm. basketball, and I'm yeah. sure they've come to you and said. Where's Baseball Nation? Where's NFL Nation? Where's yeah. Rugby Nation? Yeah, so I think I think some of the primary reasons I haven't gone into other sports is partially because of rights. You know, I mm. think so for the NFL, I'm less interested. With that being said, I'm friends with a lot of NFL athletes. I'm friends with a ton of Major League Baseball players. Yep. 
I just don't think that the culture and appetite is at a point where I would want to invest my time into it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like if I came out with Baseball Nation, you know, there wouldn't be enough interest to justify me doing that rather than continuing down this and path. You would, and you wouldn't have enough time to do it, right? Yeah, right. And, but also like on the influencer side, like this summer I'm going to be holding a home run derby with influencers. Hmm. Where? Explain in, in that. In Connecticut. So I'm having a couple of people come out. We're going to do a home run derby. At like a stadium or in your backyard? At, at a high school baseball field. Okay. And then get some of the high school teams to pitch and play in the outfield and hopefully mm. get a couple of MLB guys in it. But mm. um, obviously when they have some time off. But um, I, I've thought about venturing into other sports for sure. But you know, it requires a lot. And, and basketball is a global the, game. The culture isn't there, and the way the basketball is growing, and the way it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that that the reason that the culture isn't where it's at is because of all these leagues refraining from allowing the freedom for the content creators on the yeah. platforms. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, which is why basketball has been so successful. Yeah, so the NBA for you. has like forty million followers on Instagram, and every other league has like five. Yeah. No, I remember. You know, we've said this before, Joe, and we talk about it in my class. You know, the idea that. NBA was always the most liberal and generous with highlights. Adam Silver was quoted as saying that he thought Mm -hmm. of video highlights as marketing for the league. And that was a really smart um, view of the world, whereas we've seen other leagues Mm -hmm. actually do the opposite. Mm -hmm. Now they're they're all changing their policies now because I think they've realized that is the right approach. But that's a good point. Also, you mentioned before authenticity, and I know know, you're a genuine basketball fan. Yeah. So you loved the game. I remember that for yeah, I'd for be back years. watching every game if I wasn't profiting off of it. Right. There you go. So um, now I can get your advice for my actual gambling, not the yeah. fans, like the real money now. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is we'll the have to get back together to. Yeah. yeah. Although we we have to go over the George Washington Bridge to do that because you got to be oh, in Jersey. Yeah. That's, that's Although Joe lives in Jersey. That's he right. Come that. to my house. Oh, yeah. Call we'll me. I'll place the bets for you. We'll visit Joe this weekend. Got we'll it. Go, we'll come there for the Preakness. Yeah. Or whatever the next uh, race is. So, Tom, you want to wrap us up? Yeah. Um, just uh, quickly, why don't we just do a um, really quickly, because we do want to finish. Um, any advice for other creators of whatever age, whatever category? Just, you know, kind even of. Even outside of sports. Yeah, even outside of sports. Like, w- w- just, again, I know that's a big question. That could be like an essay answer, but anything yeah. quick that you want to say to advice wise? Yeah, I think as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. And you, and you are bad at it at the beginning. Because I think being bad at it is super important. Mm-hmm. Like nobody, like literally nobody started out just producing gold. Like if you were bad at it for a year and kept doing it, or if like if you've been doing it for ten years, some people do, and you still have no traction, and you keep doing it, you'll win. Like you'll mm-hmm. like if you if you adjust everything, like you'll eventually become the biggest in your niche or close to that. If you just keep doing it, you will win. The thing is, 99.9% of people stop doing Which it. Which is counterintuitive to what most people do. They yeah. try it and then they stop. I agree yeah. 100%. And I, like, everybody everybody that hits me up and asks for like a shout-out, I'm like, like, post more than two times and I'll give you a shout-out. <laughs> like, make your content so good that I shout you out for free and you yeah. don't have to ask. Yeah. Just do it. You know, Do it for a year and then come back. And mm. nobody will ever come back. Ever. Yeah. Everybody stops. Right. No, it's it's true, and and Joe, it's kind of like the digital equivalent of what you often say or we say, mm. which is just show up. Showing um, up is big. I as mean, I've uh, you know talked to people about being more active and social um, in a different way, obviously for us or at least me in a business context, it's you know don't you, you got to put yourself out there, yep. and some of the stuff will be valuable and good and and like the other stuff yeah. maybe not so much. Most of it whatever. probably won't be. Like right. maybe none of it will right. be at the beginning. Right. But if you do it for two years, then you have the piece that yeah. works. And, and also the notion yeah. of just participating more passively through shares, likes, retweets, mm-hmm. etc. That's a perfectly fine way to networking in real life, all that stuff. But, but also, you know, the other thing we've all learned, you know, kind of in the business context is that it serves a val- very valuable purpose, at least I'm using Twitter and LinkedIn mm-hmm. as examples, of putting yourself and your thoughts out there for others in your very valuable network to see. Yep. And uh, it, I think if you do that, to, to Buster's point, <clears throat> you know, well, thoughtfully, responsibly, uh, make it, as I often like to say, a high-protein feed, mm-hmm. or as high-protein as you can possibly do it. Yeah. Uh, it can't be all perfect. Uh, but then it usually pays off. Yep. So you adapt, change, keep doing it for forever, and you'll win. Yeah. The end. All right. So 
Tell everybody how to find you and Hoops Nation more more pointedly. And more importantly, to wrap it up, what year were you born, Busty? 2000. So that's 18 years ago. That's so there's right. there we buried the lead, but that's where it was. Yeah, I almost so, spoiled it a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. You kind of got it. Yeah, anybody so. paying attention would have gotten yeah, that, but that's yeah. cool. Anyway, <laughs> so here we go. So tell us all the places that you can be found. Uh, all of those places. At Buster, at Hoops Nation, in your local town, playing basketball, <laughs> at the local mall. And your podcast dunking is? Dunking on people. Yeah, what's the podcast name? It's called The Buster Show. It's unreleased as of now. Okay. We've been stacking episodes, um, but it'll be released soon what, on what's, every By platform. the way, what's quickly the, the strategy on stacking episodes? Maybe we should start doing that, Joe. Yeah, I mean, the strategy, on, the strategy <laughs> on, stack. on stacking episodes is um, just so that if I decide to go away for two weeks or have some obligation, then, yeah. then I'm We good. stack. We do stack. Okay, so, so, um, so we should be doing more we stack this week. Being like a month and a half, two months, or ideally like four months in advance, that's mm -hmm. in the clear. Mm -hmm. And then if you have a huge guest on one week that's super timely and you want to get it out, like let's say I have Tiger Woods on the day after he wins, I'm not going to wait four months to put that yeah, out. I'm right. going to put it out immediately and then just yep. change the order. Oh, so having smart. some yeah. flexibility in that regard as well. Mm -hmm. It also aligns with the the way the video services are doing binge, you know, releasing full seasons at a time where you can do some binge listening. And that's mm -hmm. what Barstool did with the the, the um, uh, that pod, the business podcast. Mm -hmm. They were doing the corp. The, yeah, yeah, the corp. Yeah, yeah. Um, corp. Anyway, cool. Um, that was great. All right. Yeah, that was really fun. Thank, Thank you. you. So much for and congrats me. on all your success. Thank Keep you. up the good work. Just getting started. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> So once again, this was another edition of the Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast. Thanks again to Buster Share, our guest. I'm Joe Favorito for my co-host Tom Richardson. We'll see you down the line. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.